Welcome to Diabetes Unplugged. Welcome back to Diabetes Unplugged, the podcast where we shine light on life beyond the diagnosis and dare to redefine the way that we approach diabetes wellness. As I say every episode, I'm excited for today's discussion because I am being joined by someone who I just really appreciate being able to witness his journey and his transformation and just how life is lifing for him. And this really hits close to home for me because as I mentioned in a previous episode, I've been wanting to bring on a breathwork coach because we talk about stress management a lot and we talk about different tools in order to be able to address stress effectively. And so today I'm being joined by Shay Rowe with Breathe With Shay. I hope I'm saying that right. Should I check you out to let me know? And uh, I just want to have a conversation today yes, about... <laughs> Breath work. I feel like this is such an incredible tool. I've dabbled in it. I want to say consistently, but if I'm being radically honest, it hasn't been lately as consistent as I would like it to be. But I have dabbled in breath work myself. I know that I did a breath work. I don't know. Do you call it a coaching session with you? I think that's what you call it. Would it be a coaching session? An experience. Experience. There you go. Experience. <laughs> it's I like a it's that. like a breathwork experience. Yes. So I did a breathwork experience with you. This probably about I don't know how long ago that was. It a, like a year ago. It feels like it was a long time ago. Almost a year. Yep. Almost a year. Actually, yeah, about a year. About a year. Year, right? Yeah. So I did that, and that was a great experience. I will say, during that time, like in hindsight. It's crazy how things kind of unfold because I know that when I went through that breath work experience with you in that moment, I can admit that it unlocked a lot of things for me, but I can also admit looking back on it now that there were some things that I wasn't quite ready to release in that moment. And it wasn't until here we are a year later that the very things that I feel like I was holding on so tightly to, I've just now been able to release. And I don't know if that was just like a seed that was planted back then, but when I tell you everything has just done a complete, I don't even know, 180, it's just my reality now compared to back then is completely different. And so I want to, let me, let me back up here. I want to start from the beginning and I want to ask you to just kind of tell us first and foremost about you and your personal journey with breath work and kind of how it became a pivotal aspect of your life as it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, breathwork started in 2020 where the whole shift was happening in the world. Um, I experienced something that was very traumatic for me um, and the, the severance of a relationship that I was in for a long time uh, from someone very special to me. So that sent me to a dark place, right? That sent me to a place of not understanding who exactly I am, who, you know, I'm called to be in this world, how I can contribute to society, what are my skills, what are my gifts. Um, I really shone light on the fact that I was very codependent and not fully in myself, mm -hmm. right? So in 2020, I turned to fasting, prayer, meditation, 
and I downloaded an app that did a little bit of breath work. So I got introduced to it in 2020, had no idea that this was going to be the trajectory of my life heading towards this beautiful modality. And fast forward, move to Mexico, move abroad, decide to get out of the States for a little bit, get a different perspective on life. And I run into a friend who, um, we had a mutual friend who was having a birthday party. And she's like, I want you to come to this breathwork session that I'm having. I think you would really benefit from it. And I had no idea of, of exactly what it was and what we were going to be doing. She just said, come to the session. I showed up. It was a beautiful evening in Playa del Carmen, Mexico on the rooftop. Um, I know you've been there before and I know you've experienced some of the rooftops hanging out there. It can be very beautiful, right? So um, it was a late evening. Sun, sun was setting. Small, intimate group, about four of us all together. And I'm going through this breathwork session. I'm going through this experience. And about halfway through, I am experiencing a workout that I've never actually done before using my, my, my belly, right? Using my diaphragm, using that whole area of my body by breathing properly, right? So I'm figuring out and I'm learning why they call it breathwork in the middle of the experience. And towards the guided meditation that she did for us, um, there was a period of a lot of releasing from, uh, through tears. I cried, I can say at least like five times, um, just trying to like cry, wipe my tears, cry. I got snot coming out my nose. I'm trying to like keep it together while breathing at this like laying on my back, right? This whole experience and being vulnerable, right? Just being vulnerable in that moment. I'm aware of all of these things that are happening. And during that time, after, you know, I'm experiencing this, this joy, this, this anger, this sadness, I realized that there was still so much that I was holding on to. And the breath allowed, to, allowed me to kind of like push these things into the forefront and to actually deal with them instead of suppressing them. So during this experience, I realized that this is something that I feel called to do. This resonates with me. This feels like something that I know or something that I want to get to know even deeper. And so after the experience, I was just like, where did you get certified? I want to learn this. I want to be able to give people this experience mm -hmm. because it resonates so profoundly with me. I sign up um, for the next session. I get, uh, get certified and life has just been on this fast pace to joy and enlightenment. And I just feel like I'm in my purpose and serving uh, the way that I was called to in this in this lifetime. So, you know, breath work has changed my life in that way as far as just giving me a modality and a tool set that I can use to help other people heal and other people learn how to breathe correctly. So yeah, that's I love that. That's how I got started. I love that, <laughs> There's a whole lot of other stories. I don't know how long this podcast is, right. but <laughs> There's a lot of different experiences that I've experienced as well. No, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I love that for you. It really is like a, I could see your whole journey just kind of flow together. So I absolutely love how you put that into words. I, now I, I know you and we know each other personally. And so I know that before, you know, even, you know, going through this breathwork experience and moving to Mexico and all this kind of stuff. I mean, from my eyes on the outside looking in, you were already on a wellness journey. Like I know, you know, you have your personal training and you work out a lot and eat well and all this kind of stuff. 
why do you think that breath work was that thing that kind of just took you to the next level in your wellness journey? Like, do you feel like that was something that was completely necessary in order for you to really get to like a place in wellness that you are now? Like, how was, how was your reality now and your reality then, even though you were, I mean, we look to you as like, you know, Brother Shay, you know, he's fit and personal trainer. and the, Like, you got your life together, you know, from the outside looking in, even back then. So it's just like, how are both of those realities different when you were already on a wellness journey? How did breathwork kind of bring you to the next level? Well, I, I think you said the key part of it is the, you look like you have yourself together, right? It's the, the outside effect. So, you know, when you do, when you do personal training and you do all of these different things for your health, a lot of the times we approach it for the outside effect mm -hmm. instead of the internal effect. So though somebody may be physically fit and look amazing on the outside, you know, you really don't know what's going on with a person in the inside. And that's where the most important work is done, mm -hmm. right? So for me, um, and everything is a part of it. Everything is inclusive, like you were saying. All of these things are important to reaching a higher elevation of who you are. And for me, I feel like we came into this lifetime with a contract, if you will, a, a understanding of who we are and what we are to do in this world with the, with the creator, with the most high. There was a contract that was formed before we came into this reality. And everything that happens in your life happens for you and or happens to you and not for or happens for you and not to you. I'm sorry, I butcher that. And essentially what that means is every lesson in life, you can look at it from a different perspective as what is this teaching me to help me be a better version or to help me get onto the path that I set before coming into this reality. So, you know, exercise is a beautiful modality. Get your body moving. It 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 helps with stress and helps with all of these different things. So exercise in itself is a modality. It's a beautiful thing, right? Mm -hmm. Diet in itself is a modality. What we put into our bodies is very important because these temples run and function when we put the correct things in there, right? And it, and it allows us to operate and to vibrate at a high vibration at our highest selves and achieve this higher level of consciousness. So I say all of that because exercise and nutrition was foundational and pivotal for me to get to this point where I am now introduced to breath work and my body, my temple, my mind is clear, right? For me to actually use this modality and, and to get the actual benefits from it, right? So, you know, the difference is breath work, like I had mentioned before, it's learning how to breathe properly. And that's something that we're not taught as, you know, as we come into this world, we're not taught how to eat or we're not taught how to breathe. And it's very foundational to who we are. Life is a series of breathing, right? When you come into this world, you take your first breath. When you leave, you release your last breath. So in hindsight, in the spiritual context, your ruach, which means breath in ancient Hebrew, it also means um, to breathe. It means wind. It means air. And it also means spirit. So when you get into the spiritual realm of breathing, you realize that you're actually connecting with your spirit, right? You're connected with the spiritual side of so that unlocks a whole different realm of reality that unlocks a whole realm of consciousness that you've now become aware of just your reality and your existence and how you're so depending on oxygen coming into your body, right? And you can learn how to utilize that properly 
for your benefit to live longer, to have a healthy lifestyle, to, you know, just discover a lot of things about yourself on a spiritual level. So for me, that's what happened. It's, it's like tapping into my spiritual side outside of the indoctrination and outside of the matrix, but getting to a point where I'm in my spiritual self, the part of me that fears nothing, right? Because I'm so ingrained in who I am. And I know that this is something that I'm called to do that I feel like I have an obligation to go out into the world and share this gift with other people. Yeah. So um, that was a difference. Breathwork gave me the confidence and breathwork gave me the uh, modality that I now use yeah. um, in my everyday life and share with other people. Now, you said in the beginning that your your journey into breathwork happened sort of as a result of a traumatic ending. And one of the things that I talk about a lot, specifically in, inside of Dominating Diabetes Academy, is the trauma. Um, well, stress, stress management, but within that umbrella is trauma. Because I think a lot of us get to the point where, like you were saying, foundationally, you had the exercise and the diet. You know, and in the diabetes realm, yeah, we always talk about you got to eat better and you got to exercise in order to reverse diabetes. Like that's part of those foundations, right? But then, you know, I always tell people that at the end of the day, number one, diabetes is an inf an invitation to a transformation. And that when you embark on these lifestyle changes that you're actually really saying and initiating a self-love journey. And part of that self-love journey is peeling back the layers and exposing you know, your core, exposing your trauma, exposing your hurt and your pain and all those kinds of things. But that that's so necessary, you know, peeling back those layers in order to address like the the habits that you have in your life, right? Like you mentioned like codependency and you realize, you know, that you were really codependent or there were certain just different things that you realized about yourself that you really needed to to address. And it wasn't until you had this traumatic ending that that was the door that opened in, in order for you to address that. So for people that are, you know, navigating trauma in their lives. And, you know, I think the entire, if you're on social media, you've heard of breath work, right? Everyone, everyone has heard of breath work. Everyone knows breathing is important. But as it relates to stress management and trauma and different things like that, can you kind of give me a little bit of insight on like how that works? You mentioned, you mentioned the breath and oxygen and all those kinds of things. How does that work on an internal level of, you know, regulating stress? Well, as far as regulating stress and trauma goes, when you have a traumatic experience, a lot of the times it, it puts you into that fight or flight state where mm -hmm. you are experiencing stress, you're experiencing all of the negative things, the traumatic experience that you've had. Um, anything that's associated with negatives that gets you into this this mindset and this state of being that is ready to run or ready to fight off. And physically, what happens in that moment is your heart rate starts to slow or starts to speed up. Mm -hmm. So when your heart rate starts to speed up, it's pumping all of this blood and oxygen to your extremities to get you ready to run, to get you ready to fight, to get you in that adrenaline mode to be able to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of the times we're, we're, we're in that state throughout the day constantly, right? A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of times people aren't aware of how they're breathing 
and the state of being that there are, which is leading to these different side effects that show up in reality, that shows up into the physical. And so to be able to manage and combat that, um, that stress or that response, that stress response, you have something so powerful, like available to you at all times in your breath, which allows you to slow down your heart rate and to get you out of that fight or flight and to rest and digest. And when you're in that state, when you're, you're tapping into, it's called the parasympathetic system, you're tapping into this ability to slow down your heart rate and to get you into a state of calm. Right. And when you're in a state of calm, you're able to regulate a lot of um, issues that may or, or challenges that may arise for you in the form of stress or uh, trauma. Mm -hmm. So getting to a calm, comfortable state can be as easy as learning how to extend and prolong your exhale, mm -hmm. which in return slows down your heart rate, which sends a signal to your body that you are in a calming, you're in a safe space, um, you can properly address this situation that is happening or has happened to you and begin to learn to pick out and and dissect you know the lesson or what i'm meant to learn from this experience and move forward and to uh, to address the situation there on the spot or to address the situation that has happened to you in the past to recreate that experience to learn what you need to learn and to, in a sense, reprogram your DNA, right? Because all of this is, like you mentioned, trauma. This is all. This all can be epigenetics, which is passed down from generations, right, onto you. So you could be experiencing something that your ancestors went through, but you know you didn't necessarily have the proper tools to actually combat and to um, defend against it. But now that you're able to get into this calm state, you can see things a lot more clearer from a different perspective. Um, so, you know, breathing and learning how to breathe can constantly get you into a state of restful, calming, and, a, and a, just an overall better perspective on, on life and reality in general. Now, for someone that's like new to breath work, it sounds, it sounds scary. And the reason why I say that is because you know, from people that I've talked to, whether it's, you know, in the diabetes community or close friends or different things like that. And from what you're describing, it sounds like breath work is unlocking a, a new realm. You know what I'm saying? Like, not only are you having to open yourself up to past traumas, but it's also unlocking this kind of like you know, like in Super Mario, you kind of go to the next level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's this next level. And I can imagine from, not even just imagine, but from personal experience, I've witnessed this within myself and then, you know, people that I'm closest to. It is, it's kind of fear of the unknown. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it's fear of, I am afraid of really letting the skeletons out of my closet type thing and really addressing those things. Like, how, what advice would you give to people who are like, I, I know that healing is important. I know that addressing my trauma is important, but how do they go from, I know this is what I need to do to actually following through? Like, how do you address that fear? Because I think we all realize that healing is necessary, but when we kind of look back on our lives, there's so much stuff that some people have been through. And it's just like, how do you how do you address that without going completely 
crazy, you know, once once those things start coming up. You know what I mean? Well, first off, you stop, take a deep breath, all right? <laughs> Center yourself. Exhale slowly. Get yourself in a calming state because when you start to think about, like you just mentioned, all of these different things from the past, you get overwhelmed. And that's with anything in life, right? When you're starting something new, you start thinking about all of the things that you don't know and all of the things that you have to learn. And it gets overwhelming. And a lot of people just shut down and be like, I'm not doing this no more. So, you know, for, like I said, example, for me, it took me getting to a place where it felt like the lowest I could go. And, you know, a lot of people get to that point where you have two choices in life to continue to go down this spiral of depression or um, anxiety or pain, or you can rely on something bigger to pull you up out of that space and to change the trajectory of your life and go upward instead of downward. So for me, it took me getting to that place mm-hmm. of um, just going deep within and understanding that if I want to be the best version of myself, if I want to be a better version for me or for a friend, for my, my parents, for a partner, I need to know who I am first, right? So that the healing, that the work that needs to be done starts with me. Right. And, you know, I can say for someone who is experiencing this or is is stepping into the unknown, know what your why is. You know, we hear that a lot. What is your why and, and why you're doing this? What is the reason you want to um, better yourself? What's the reason you want to get healing um, and start with yourself in that way? And once you establish your why, once you see that where you are isn't where you want to stay and where you want to be, but that you actually want to elevate and be the best version of yourself, that's going to lead you down the path that you need to be on to start to discover different modalities that work for you yes. to get you into a higher state of being. So I, I would definitely say, don't think about all of the things that um, may come up or all of the things that um, you suppressed in the past. Don't think about them coming up, but thinking about doing the experience and preparing yourself for whatever does come up for you, that it's going to be something that you have to work on, something that you have to address, something that you have to tackle, but prepare yourself mentally and physically to have the tools to learn how to deal with that, whether that's doing one-on-one coaching, whether that's learning how to breathe properly, whether that's doing yoga, whatever that looks like for you to have that kind of modality um, and that, that skill set at hand for whatever comes up for you. You can write it down, you can journal it, whatever that process looks like. Um, and just attack it as it comes and it goes, yeah. right? But but allow yourself to be present, allow yourself to be in the moment and not thinking about the future and not thinking about the past. It's about being um, where you are and being in that space and ready to address any issue. So definitely your why has to be prominent. Yeah, yeah. I hate to interrupt this episode because I know that you are thoroughly enjoying it. But before we continue, I wanted to pop in and share something that is really important. If you're frustrated with living with type 2 diabetes and you want to reverse the root cause of this condition and get the best blood sugar of your life while also restoring your body's ability to tolerate carbs, you're going to need a simplified step-by-step plan of action that'll take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Not only that, you're also going to need some expert guidance to get you through this journey. Not because you can't do it on your own, but because you might have some questions and some challenges along the way. Dominating Diabetes Academy is a program that I designed to help you naturally balance your blood sugar while lowering your A1C and eliminating the need for diabetes medications. 
On top of that, I want you to be able to confidently take charge of your health in as little as 10 weeks. Inside DDA, you're gonna be immersed in a world where food becomes your medicine, your energy level is restored, and unstable blood sugar levels become a distant memory. To learn more about Dominating Diabetes Academy, make sure you check out the link inside the show notes and get started on your plan towards optimal health today. Now, without further ado, let's get back into today's episode. for you in your personal experience how how isolating is this journey or how isolating did the journey become when you started doing breath work because I can imagine that when you are when you're on your journey and I think this is for anyone when you're on your journey and you're trying to elevate and you're trying to become the best version of yourself everyone doesn't understand that there are certain boundaries that you have to set there are certain, I feel myself getting emotional. Wow. Um, Let it out. Let it out. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, I have no idea what I'm about to show. It's okay. Um, I think in trying to ask you the question, it's triggering for me because I am finding that, um, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, in my personal journey, there are things that took about a year to come to a head. And I do find myself in a very isolating um, space right now, you know? And, um, and that's why I think I mentioned like the fear and even the anxiety that comes with it because it's just like I have found that in me trying to get where I'm trying to go, everybody can't and couldn't come with me. And that's really hard. And I think that's one of the things that stops people from, you know, initially embarking on this journey because we want to hold on so tightly to our current reality where people that are part of our current reality, not realizing that everybody can't go where, you know, God or the universe or the divine is calling for you to go. And so, um, how did you, my question was, how did you deal with that? How do you get to this place? Because everyone, you know, it's, it's almost like when you start a journey, you feel so misunderstood and you're starting to move differently. You're starting to speak differently. You're starting to walk, talk, dress, everything becomes different because you're becoming a new, a new person. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you deal with the isolation of it without sacrificing you know, yourself or what you know you need to be doing for you? Yes, that's a good question. For me specifically, you know, it's, it's, it's very isolating, especially when there's not a lot of people around you that are, are going through the same thing that you're going through. It might be similar, but there's a lot of differences, right? We all have our own journeys. And, you know, for me, it was hard. I mean, it's, it's hard when, when, when you're going through something that's different than what you, you're so used to. And that's where the fear comes in, right? It's that, it's that, that um, expectation or that, that um, you know, realization that you think something is going to happen before it even happens, which is what fear is. So it, it stops you from even trying or actually like doing the thing, right? So moving past that is the hardest part for a lot of people. Um, you know, I would say a lot of isolating nights, a lot of tears, right? A lot of shedding, a lot of just releasing, right? And, and that's so important. That's so crucial to learn how to release and not keep it 
pent up into in your body because it creates it 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 manifests in the form of physical discomfort, dis ease, right? All of these different things. It's not just the, the physical, but it's the emotional, it's, it's the spiritual side of you as well that accumulates in it. So you know, it's 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 not easy, right? It's it's not easy in the fact that it's going to be something that's different. It's going to be something that's new. And I also like to use the analogy. It's it's like, you know, I don't drink milk, and I hope a lot of people don't drink milk. But if you were to buy a carton of milk and put that into your fridge. And you, you know, you buy other things and you start to forget about that. There might be other groceries in front of this, this milk carton. And one day you open the fridge and it's like, it smells terrible in here. Like, what does that smell? You know what I mean? And, and you start to move things around and you see that old carton of milk that's been in the fridge for months. But there's so much stuff that's been blocked in front of it that you couldn't see it until you smelt it. And it started to physically show and manifest into reality. Now you have to extract and move these different things, take that out, right? And then, you know, put everything back in and it starts to smell better. Well, that's the same thing with the, the trauma and things that we decide to suppress. It shows up later on in our lives. Um, a lot of the times we can't see it. A lot of the times other people that see us and know us can see what we're suffering or what we're, what we're experiencing challenges in before we could even see it. So, you know, to do the work is daunting because you literally have to go back to that situation. You have to go back to that scenario um, and learn to, like I said, shift your perspective on why this happened and what I can learn from it going forward and better my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that the, 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 the comfort is, is, is being comfortable when you don't necessarily have to go back into that, but you don't necessarily, but you don't see how it's affecting you now. Right. And how is it going to continue to affect you going forward in life until you actually address it? So, you know, it's, 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 it's mostly remembering who you are, right? It's, it's not discovering yourself, but it's remembering who you are and stepping into your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And the isolation comes when you have no outside influence. It's just you and the creator. Yeah. And so now you begin to see who you really are through the eyes of the bigger scope of the world. So that isolation period is so, is so crucial because, it, again, it blocks out outside noise and allows you to spend time with yourself to, to, to get you to a place where you don't have to rely on anyone else for your happiness, your joy, or X, Y, and Z. You know how to get that within yourself, and you know the source and how to get it from the source. So, you know, it's again, it's, it's just a, it's an experience of relearning who you are and stepping into that fully, because now you're able to be your full, authentic joy for self in any kind of situation. Whether you're in a marriage, whether you're, you know, a, a sibling, a mom, a cousin, whatever you are in this in this world. You are so rooted and foundation and, and fundamentally sounded in who you are that you can shine in any kind of situation that you're in mm -hmm. and you know how to navigate and regulate your emotional intelligence. That's what I like to say, your emotional intelligence. So um, that isolation is very crucial. It's, it's hard. It's daunting. A, a, lot of, a lot of sleepless fetal position nights, right? A lot of those kind of like physical things. So what I'm what I'm hearing you say is that you can't avoid it. You can't the the isolation part, the crying, the vulnerability 
it's all a part of the process and it's a necessary part of the process. It's not something that you can skip over because that's kind of the, that's the point of it all, right? Is to be able to, that's, to that's the point of it all. That's the point. That's the point of being a spiritual being, having a human experience. Mm -hmm. We're here to experience all of the emotions, all of the physical um, ailments that we go through. And I feel like that's something that's very important because if you don't know what that feels like, then how can you appreciate the better, you know, version of yourself, you know, if you don't go through these, these periods of life. So it's contrast, yeah. right? It's, and that's, that's why I said it, it was beautiful because it allowed me to see life in a whole new light. Um, and, and just to, to even come to the, the realization that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, I had to go through that kind of pain to get to that, to that. For sure. So. For sure. I think that, um, Again, when you get to that realization, exactly what you said, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, and then you're tying that back to the trauma. Like one of the smallest things that I identified is just kind of like how much our upbringing dictates our behaviors and patterns and thought processes that we have as adults. And so when I started my spiritual journey, that was like, and even now I find, you know, because you hear people say all the time, and I'm one of the main people that say it's like healing is never over like there's there's parts that you're always discovering about yourself and you could be walking down the street one day and then something will just kind of you'll get this download so pictures <laughs> like it's kind of weird and you're like well where did this come from like i was just fine two seconds ago and then now all of a sudden i'm crying and i'm snotting all over the place and it's like what's wrong? And it's just like I don't know. And like, and I'm even finding that like on my on my just overall wellness journey, like me, you know, going to the gym and you know stuff like that, and navigating navigating that journey of like one day I'm up and I'm great and I'm happy, and then the next moment I'm picking myself apart and I'm feeling really low and I'm not okay. And there's just kind of like this up and down, this wave, you know, emotional waves and all that kind of stuff. But what I will say is that what I've recognized is that the longer you remain on your spiritual journey and incorporating things like, you know, breath work and meditation and different things like that, it's not that you are going to heal certain parts of yourself and never be exposed to them again, you know? But what I'm realizing is that the next time you're exposed to it, it doesn't hurt as much as the first time, you know what I'm saying? or you're not staying, or even with, you know, stress and depression and anxiety, you know, it's like, those are things that we've all kind of been introduced to. And as you start your health and wellness journey or your spiritual journey, whatever, you might, it's not to say you're never going to get anxious again, or you're never going to experience anxiety again, but you're going to notice that you're able to come out of that faster. You know what I'm saying? Because you have those tools. Does that make sense? Exactly. It's, it's, that's exactly it. It's 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 like I said. It's it's part of the human experience. So a lot of these things are going to continue to happen as long as you're a human being in this body, and you know, amongst millions of other people, this is going to happen. But like you said, when you have the tools, when you have your modalities to combat these things, and the awareness is key, right? The awareness of understanding that I'm feeling this way, this emotion has come out of nowhere. Seems like, but. I could be doing work that is like loosening up these things. So as I continue to navigate my life, it'll come up whenever it's, whenever it comes up, I'll be ready for it. I'll know how to, you know, 
be aware of it and to, to see what it is for what it is and to um, navigate that space in a more efficient way that it doesn't take me out for months or weeks or days, right? But like you said, that turnaround time is a lot quicker now. Even like when you when people say meditate and think about nothing, that's impossible to do, right? It's, it, you're always going to be thinking about something, but the, the, the key thing in that is to let your emotions come and go and to understand that you're not attached to the emotions. Mm-hmm. Or your thoughts, right? The same thing. Your thoughts come and go into your head. They, you have the experience. You understand why they come into your mind, and then you let them go. Mm-hmm. You release them, and then you get back into the present moment. So you can say life is like a cycle of mm-hmm. that. But the more you know, the more you're aware, the quicker you're able to get back to uh, the higher version of yourself. Because all of these things are, are, are can be associated with low vibrational um, frequencies. Right, so you you're constantly want to stay elevated, and there's a lot of different things that you can incorporate in your life, including breathing, including exercise, including diet, um, that keeps you into that 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 higher state of being. So yeah, you for sure. Like so, as a as a breathwork coach, I guess what what kind of advice do you have for individuals who might initially struggle with the practice? Because I think sometimes when we hear breath work, we automatically think meditation. And I think they do coexist, right? Like I think one does enhance the other or I don't know, what's what's that connection? Can you explain that connection between breath work and meditation? Is it the same thing? Um, no, it's, 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 it's slightly different. I mean, breath work is like a physical thing that gets you into a state to be able to meditate. Um, and I, you can say meditation is, um, you know, repeating affirmations or um, seeing, visualizing yourself um, in the future, a version of yourself that's healed in the future. Like you can meditate on these things. Mm. But the breathwork actually gets you into that state of calmness and being able to listen and to visualize. So it, it goes hand in hand, but it is it is slightly different. Um, but, you know, starting off with anything, learning the foundation. Like if you're learning how to ride a bike, you sometimes start with training wheels, mm-hmm. right? To get that foundation down. So when you're learning to breathe, and you can even take the word, you know, breath work, that's kind of like a, 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 a if you want to say a modern term, right? Nowadays, but you're just learning how to breathe. You're just breathing, right? <laughs> so, I mean, the, the work part comes from the experience, but in learning how to re-breathe and learning how to train yourself to breathe properly. But you know, starting with the foundation, learning how to breathe using your diaphragm, expanding your belly, uh, learning how to breathe through your nose, and uh, learning what it feels like to observe your your heartbeat and to observe the oxygen coming into your body and going out. Learning if your heart is is beating fast or slow. Like these are all things that you can start to build upon. And it's the awareness, like I said earlier, that awareness of where you are mentally and physically with your breathing is a good place to start. So it's even like setting a reminder either once or twice or three day, three times out of the day, like, hey, how am I breathing? Yeah. And what that allows you to do is just to stop and to be aware of your physical um, appearance. Are you breathing shallow? Are you breathing in through your nose? Are you breathing in through your mouth? Is your heart rate slow? Is it fast? Just that awareness alone, doing that three times a day will get you into that formation of learning to consciously breathe. So you start with the foundations. Um, it's, it's very simple. You know, it's it's nothing that's 
goes out of your way, you know, it's nothing extra. If you have a busy lifestyle, it's something that you can easily incorporate into your day. So um, just figuring out what's what's manageable for you, what's attainable for you, and um, just creating a game plan around that. So starting off small with the foundations is always the best way to go. I love that. Now, I have um, people close to me that really deal with a lot of anxiety. And so I'm wondering, like, do you have, like, a special breathwork technique that they could try? Like, if you're in the middle of an anxiety attack or you're just feeling overwhelmed and you're, because you mentioned, like, the best way is to just, like, create that awareness. And the way that you do that is just by simply, like, slowing down and paying attention. But how can breath work or if there's a, a specific technique rather that someone can use like in the middle of an anxiety attack or when they can't slow down or when they're kind of just because it puts you in that fight or flight. You know what I mean? So you're going, you know, and so I know once fight or flight is triggered, it usually takes about 20 minutes to come out of that as long as you're being proactive about it. You know what I'm saying? So having being proactive and going from sympathetic dominance into parasympathetic, that takes time. And so I've heard of things like, uh, I think it's called like diaphragmatic breathing or box breathing or I think it's four, seven, eight or something like that. So what kind of techniques do you have like for that, for starters, specifically for people with anxiety? Because that's such a huge, 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 huge thing that people are trying to navigate. Yes, it is. It is. And that's something that I've I've had to learn to navigate myself. I used to suffer from anxiety and panic attacks specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one time I was I went to the hospital um, and got hooked up to an EKG machine because I didn't understand what was going on. So the awareness was there that I, I wasn't feeling like right. myself. My heart was beating to the point where it was kind of like skipping. So when I got into breath work, I had this, this experience with the most high where you know, I'm I'm in the presence. I'm hearing the voice. I'm I'm feeling the guidance, and I'm having this moment where I'm having this panic attack, and, and I'm having my anxiety in the presence of the Creator of the, of, of of life. And I'm just like, I just want to go to sleep. I just want to relax. So I started to say that, and then I heard, I'm going to show you how to breathe. So when I took I took a short inhale in and a long, 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 long exhale out. It felt like it was five minutes. And my heart rate started to slow down, started to beat really, really slow. It went from like going really, really fast to slow, 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 slow. I took one more short inhale in and a long exhale out and I was out. I went to sleep. Mm. Uh, I like to say it was like holy anesthesia, Mm. right? Because I was out. I woke up in the same position the next day. I had like that deep delta sleep. Mm. So... And saying that I was shown how to, the reason why I was having that anxiety and, and that panic was for the most high to show me how to navigate and to combat that. And the, the technique and the secret is in prolonging your exhale. Because like when I, what I explained earlier, when you extend your exhale, your diaphragm is now resting where it naturally wants to sit, right under your rib cage. And when it's doing that, your heart rate starts to slow down and starts to slow down. So you're out of that fight or flight into that calm parasympathetic like state of being. And anything that has to do with prolonging your exhale. So the four, seven, eight method is really good um, for people to do, which is breathing in for four, holding for seven seconds and exhaling for eight um, for the period that for however long it takes for you to get out of that mode. 
And usually when you implement these techniques, it doesn't take you the full 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes to, to get out of that state. You can actually get there a lot quicker, right? The more you learn how to breathe, the more you master this technique, you can get yourself out of this, this, this state of being in like one or two minutes, right? So, you know, even box breathing, in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, these are all triggering the pause and the breath holds that allows you to kind of sit to yourself and get inside of yourself and kind of like talk to your heart and be like, Hey, we need to slow down. There's no, there's no danger. You know what I'm saying? There's no like lions or bears or tigers chasing me. So there's no need to be in this state. So let me actually get in control of my spirit. Right. And slow down my heartbeat by counting. Like a lot of people are able to get out of their minds and into the counting portion and portion of it, which is why these are so effective as well, because you're actually counting in your in your mind and your head to four, holding for seven, exhaling for eight. You're doing that repeatedly, and it's getting you into your breath and connecting with your spirit so that you're able to calm yourself down a lot quicker. So four, seven, eight is really good. Breathing in for four seconds, exhaling for eight, or if that's too long, you can breathe in for four, exhale for five. Start there, breathe in for four, exhale for six, and continue to progress further on on that exhale. So it sounds like the exhale is where the power is at. Am I right in saying that? The exhale is you're breathing more efficient. You're able to breathe uh, less uh, breaths per minute. Okay. Right? So, yes, the exhale is where the power and the magic is, correct? Okay. Okay, because you okay, okay. I'm learning for myself too. So I'm like, okay. So the breathing in is one, but the exhale is what is actually going to help you to calm down. That's that's what it is. Right, and so and so, if you wanted to do like a quick experiment, you can uh, check your pulse. You know, put your fingers on your wrist or your neck. Take an inhale in. You notice how your heart speeds up, and then when you take that exhale out, you'll notice how your heart starts to slow down. As long as the exhale is a slow one, right? Any kind of, even if you're inhaling or exhaling without even like paying attention to it, the exhale naturally slows your heart. Okay. Okay. So that's something that you can like do physically to experience what it feels like. And once you learn to master exhaling, now you're, you're getting into, you know, a, a, a mastery territory of your breath. Are there any other tools that you use specifically for just kind of overall stress management? I know you do birth work. I also know, I know that your diet definitely has a lot to do with it. And I want to mention the diet because I know like, you know, we've gone on fruit fasts. We've done, you know, just different fasting in general, like all that kind of stuff. And it's funny because you, you had mentioned, you know, just emotional intelligence, but like also moving that emotional energy. And so I find usually like when I take people through, like, for example, the five day blood sugar reboot and we're eating according to the circadian rhythm where, you know, we're only consuming yes. fruit, you know, up until noon specifically, what most people will realize is like once you start regulating digestion and you start pushing out all that waste and different things like that, what usually ends up happening and what people don't realize is that, you know, you have to look at you know, your tendencies, a lot of us are emotional eaters. And so because we're scared of putting ourselves in a place of vulnerability, we suppress our emotions with food, right? Like it's like, it's like a volcano. Like we're just, we're eating, 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 suppressing, suppressing, suppressing until we erupt, you know what I mean? And that means, you know, you're triggered. And then that fight or flight responses, you know, and we just kind of blow up. And so when you start using 
for example, food is medicine, specifically fruit, and you're starting to push out all the waste and different things like that. A lot of people, myself included, find that you actually feel worse before you start feeling better because you don't realize you just unplugged like that whole, you know, volcano type detoxification. Detoxification is real. And it's just like, it's like, shaking a soda bottle and then releasing the cap and it's spraying all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And so all of these emotions start coming out and people are like, Medina, why am I crying? I'm so emotional and da-da-da, and I'm doing all the right things and da da da. And I'm just like, well, that's detox. And I think a lot of times when we think of detox, we're only thinking about like the physical detox and pooping all the time and like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But there is an emotional detox that happens in addition to that. And so when it comes to other wellness practices like your diet and working out with the breath work and with meditation, like how do all of those come together and why? how have you found those to be the most valuable in your life? Ah, man, that's, it's just like you said. It, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. It's, it's going through that whole detoxification. It's a part of the detoxification uh, process. So, you know, for me, like I had mentioned, I, my foundation was in, in fitness and physical exercise and, and moving my body. So that's a way that I was able to combat stress, mm -hmm. right? And to de-stress mm -hmm. and to physically get rid of stress. But again, it wasn't internal. Um, it wasn't until my, I cleaned up my diet and you know, started eating high energetic foods and foods that spent the most time under the sun, right? Food that, that grew closer to the sun and got that energy and that life from the sun and your fruits, mostly fruits, right? And your vegetables. And like you said, that purging is real in the sense that you're getting all of this intelligence and all of this, this, um, this water, this H3O2 substance, this jelly-like substance that is able to really like hydrate your body and to filtrate the, the, the gunk and the junk that we suppress through the, this emotions and the things that we, we have and we build up through bad eating, right? That keeps us in this low vibrational state. When you, hit, when you eat something that's high in vibration, your body naturally connects with that and it starts to improve and you start to shed and you start to release and you start to cry and you start to do all of these different things. And it's like a shock to the system because also, as you may know, parasites are real. Yeah. They, they pretty much control, you know, what you're craving and what Absolutely. you want to put into your body. So when you start to kill off that negative energy, they don't go necessarily without mm -hmm. sight. So you might feel like, you know, this is, this is hard. I'm sweating, I'm crying, but on the other side of that uncomfortableness is a breakthrough mm -hmm. on the other side of what you're going through is the highest version of yourself or the, the, the foundation or the, the catalyst to becoming the highest version of mm -hmm. yourself. Right. So, you know, nutrition is all of these different things come together so beautifully because it's like, you're, you're taking care of this, this vessel, this temple that we use to navigate this 3d reality. This is how we see things. This is how we experience life. In this reality, this is how we talk. This is how we feel. This is how we, you know, we we get along and move. Mm -hmm. So when your when your temple is operating, when you're putting in 
um, to use a gas analogy, when you're putting in high gas into this vehicle, you're going to get a high performance. Right. Putting in low gas, that low grade, into something that requires high, a high, higher grade, it's not going to operate and function correctly. So, you know, all of these different things, exercise, um, food, um, sound baths, listening to frequencies, right? The, the things that you consume, yeah. whether that is, you know, music or the words that you use, like the, the, the stuff that you watch, right? That, that you take in subconsciously. You have to be very careful about the words that you use because you, you talk to yourself in that way first and then you speak them out loud and you create the reality that you're, that you're speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, so all of these different things, you know, you have to be very intentional in life, uh, with everything that you consume or everything that you put out into the world. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it all ties in together because it's, it's operating at the spiritual level. It's operating at who you really are and not just the physical human avatar. I don't know. Well, Shayro, I want to just sincerely thank you so, 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 so much for, your time. You've given us so much valuable information and tools and all of the things. And we're definitely going to have to have you back on Diabetes Unplugged. But before we end this episode, I definitely, like I said, I watch you on Instagram. I want you to let people know where to follow you and how they can get in touch with you and just kind of like let us know some things that you have going on, just community wise, where you're located, all those kinds of things so we can join you and also support you and be a part of all these incredible transformations that you're helping other people to reach. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, Dana. I really appreciate you for inviting me on here. It's an honor to be in your space. So thank you so much, um, everyone. You can catch me on uh, Breathe with Shay. That's uh, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-W-I-T-H and that's S-H-A-I. Um, that's on Instagram. Um, I have some YouTube content, some TikTok. Um, but I'm also creating a monthly program at the top. It's going to be released at the top of the year. It's called Inhale Peace, where it um, it's a four-week program, so the, the span of a month, that gets you into the fundamentals of learning how to breathe to get you into that foundational state of breathing into your diaphragm, learning what that means, um, learning nasal breathing, learning different techniques to help you get out of that fight or flight and into a calming state, which we kind of um, talked about here on this conversation. So that's coming out at the top of the year. Be um, on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, you can catch me there. That sounds so great. I definitely want to be a part of that for sure. Make sure that you guys follow him over on Instagram. I'll have all of his information in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would be incredible if you could make sure that you share it with other people, make sure that you download it, make sure that you leave us a five-star review and just let us know that it's been helpful to you and maybe even some other things that you want to see on Diabetes Unplugged. Until next time, everyone, connect to your breath, okay? That's what I got through all of this. Connect to your breath, okay? Allow yourself- Which breath yourself, is a gift. Yeah, give yourself permission to, you know, go on a self-discovery and a self-love journey and really become the best of who you are. That is super, super powerful. So again, thank you, Shay Rowe. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time, I'll be